Achieving a gorgeous grin from home isn't a total mystery with Byteclear aligners. Just don't be surprised if all of your sleuthing friends start asking, what's your secret? Begin by ordering your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95. Byteclear aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces. Plus, they offer flexible financing, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at That's Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot Start your confidence journey today with Byte. Previously on Buckets, Boards, and Blocks. I said when this trade went down back in, what, July? Um, I, I had no problem going on record and saying that in my opinion, I think they could get to the NBA playoffs and win or win, lose or draw. I don't think Kawhi stays. And everybody okay. likes to equate him to Paul George and OKC, two different types of personalities, two different types of people. You can't compare the same situation because it's not the same situation. That was my girl Megan McPeak, the play-by-play voice of the Capital City Go-Go, the G League team here in D.C., doing her thing, giving us some inside thoughts on the Toronto Raptors organization, a place where she spent three years. Coming up this week, we're turning our attention to the Bucks. We're staying in the East Coast, but Malika Andrews will join us with her insight. She's been with that team all season long. That is coming up here in a bit. Darlene, let's get it. Buckets, Boards and Blocks is a presentation of Pure Hoops Media. Buckets, Boards and Blocks is hosted by a former Georgetown Hoyer who likes nothing better than a well-executed fade screen and thinks DC ballers are the smartest. A lover of threes in transition, Monica McNutt. Welcome into this week's edition of Buckets, Boards and Blocks. Uh, Thanks for joining us. Hope you've enjoyed the ride thus far. We're sticking with the NBA playoffs because it's the thing that has us all slightly sleep-deprived Uh, heading into whatever we got to do the next day with those late Western Conference games. This week on the show, I'm pumped to have my NABJ comrade, friend, writer extraordinaire, killing it in the Midwest region, Malika Andrews, NBA reporter for ESPN covering the Midwest, and for the sake of this pod, the Bucks specifically. Malika, thanks for joining me. Monica, I'm so happy to be here. (laughs) I am so excited about this conversation, girl, because you are covering arguably the MVP in the league and his team. Did you get a vote in that this year? So <laughs> I, uh, I, I didn't vote in that this year because, so this is my philosophy on that. So after kind of, not to get too far into the weeds, but after what uh, kind of happened with, with, with uh, Paul George and the way that like super max money is constructed nowadays, uh, it's my personal belief that I, I I just don't feel like I should have that sort of I'm not comfortable wielding that sort of power over what uh, money guys make because how can I say oh yeah I didn't vote for you for NBA first team but like you should answer my questions anyways even though maybe you didn't get the amount of money that you uh, thought you deserved because of a way I voted I don't feel like that uh, upholds what how I feel uh like a journalist should be um you know other people would argue the the most qualified people to vote to be objective are journalists uh so i did not vote because of that however uh i have spent a lot of time with Giannis this year i have seen james harden play a couple of times and it's you know from what i hear it's it's kind of going to be coming down to the wire as to which of those guys is going to be uh named mvp 
it is going to be a close one to watch for sure. But speaking of spending a lot of time with Giannis and the Bucks team, yeah, we're talking about them even more now that we're in the playoffs. <laughs> league, but what do you think is maybe something that the rest of the country doesn't know about Coach Budenholzer, Giannis, the Bucks as a team that has really propelled them to the point that they're at now? Look, I mean, the Bucks are starting to – they're not a secret anymore, right? Like, they're not this, this cute story tucked away in a small market sort of deal. They have, um, you know, arguably one of the best players uh, in the league, if not the best player in the league, some would say, uh, on their team. He might be the MVP. But here's the deal with the Bucks. I think that um, you, you don't hear a whole lot about um, – drama going on you know when you're looking towards the eastern conference you see kind of the ups and downs that the 76ers have had or uh kind of the roller coaster ride of the celtics the bucks really haven't had that same sort of a thing and i think a lot of that comes from from mike budenholzer and from Giannis. Giannis is uh just this kind of uh no nonsense superstar and that's not to say you know that there aren't he, he's not to say that he uh, you know, isn't uh, sometimes a little bit fun, a little bit silly, but the guys, he's just, his work ethic is just sort of out of this world. I mean, he's the guy who, you know, isn't really speaking to anybody before the game. He's a lot, he draws a lot of questions to Kobe in that way. And I think that that sort of uh, affects the rest of the team. It, 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 it sort of, it sets the tone for everybody. And so I think that, um, you know, one of the reasons that this team is a little bit different than perhaps some of their Eastern Conference foes uh, is because of that. It's because of their just, we're just going to put our head down, do the work, be a little bit blue collar like that. And, you know, I think some of those guys would say in the locker room, like, that potentially could be an X factor as we march along in these playoffs, right? I mean, everybody, when you get to the playoffs, has a certain baseline of talent. And then every little thing on top of that is going to potentially put you uh, you know, at that much more of an advantage. And so that could be uh, something that's in an advantage to the Bucks, their ability to put on horse blinders and really uh, just grind it out. Hmm. I, that certainly could emerge as an X factor. And I guess <laughs> there's not a surprise in that a Budenholzer team would kind of take that approach considering right. his coaching tree coming from Pop. But I guess so. Who so so you're there, Malika, right? All these guys can't be all straight up business. Like, who is the one guy who maybe <laughs> I don't want to use the the adjective clown, but who's maybe the biggest personality and the one that might be the first to jump out of line? I guess with that mold. Well, so I mean, when you when you're looking towards, you know, Sterling Brown is the guy who's been issued a, a tech in this series. Eric Bledsoe got ejected a couple of games ago for throwing the basketball at Joel Embiid like there's not it's not perfect um Brooke Lopez self-proclaimed to be the locker room eccentric like he's the guy who's like sometimes his you know his his sweatpants are like three inches too short and he wears a like leather book bag and like very (laughs) brightly striped like green and blue polos to games and you know he has a house uh, on the Disney property in Florida and you know, every single room is a different, the, the, I, I, I can't believe I'm going to, uh, I, I, I've never been to Disneyland and I'm an employee of Disney, but like every room is a different, um, 
like Disney Kingdom. land theme. Yeah, it's a different kingdom. Yeah. Like I don't know all the kingdoms. It's just <laughs> like Brooke would be like shook to his core to like hear me talk about like not ever having been to Disneyland. So like there are definitely characters in that locker room. And like Giannis is a character in himself. Like the the way that he approaches work, it's almost to an extreme. There are things that we kind of, you know, joke about with him like Oh, if he's not like Chris, like Chris Middleton will say, like if he's not in a certain place, like literally down to the second before every single game, Chris will be like something's wrong. Like if he's late to his workout, like he's not playing. Like there's something wrong. He's my clock. I know. So they're definitely quirky. Uh, it's just maybe not in the explosive quirkiness uh, that you see around the league a little bit with you know Kyrie and his professing the earth is flat and that sort of thing. You don't quite get those same sort of things coming out of the Bucks locker room. Got you. Makes total sense. And for the record, <laughs> I know three of the four kingdoms. There's Magic Kingdom, Animal Kingdom, okay. Epcot, and then I'm whiffing on the fourth one, Sumalika. So we all have to do better. Maybe we should just. But go I think to it's World. like I think it's like 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 uh, Tomorrowland is like a theme of the one of the rooms, and like like they're very specific. Like the little like the little places within Disneyland, they all have. Got you. Okay, so even is, yeah, even no, more nuance. Got it's it. extreme, yeah. Got it, got it, got it. All right, <laughs> yeah. so enough of the fun stuff. Here we are chasing down a championship for the record on this podcast last week because my dad is always a recurring guest. He's the reason I fell in love with hoops. We both agree that the Bucks have a real shot to get to the championship for the NBA title. And I think that if they run into the Warriors, they still have a shot. I don't think the Warriors are as <laughs> dominant as they once have been. But let's bring it all the way down. They sweep the Pistons. They look fantastic. Giannis continues to do Giannis things. Now the matchup with the Celtics. What kind of is the most intriguing thing there moving forward, Malika? Well, what you're going to hear a lot of is talking about Eric Bledsoe because last year uh, he became a bit of a punchline in Boston. He, uh, Kyrie was out for that series, as you probably remember, and so he was matched up against Terry Rozier. And uh, Eric was coming off just this dominant end of the regular season. He was playing really, really good basketball. And then he gets to the playoffs and he just kind of flames out. And Terry Rozier had a couple of games that no one saw coming. And, you know, there was this extended back and forth where Terry Rozier accidentally called Eric Bledsoe Drew Bledsoe. And then, Eric said he didn't know who the F Terry Rozier even was. And there was just this whole extended back and forth there, right? And and Terry ended up getting the best of that series. And I, I did a story earlier this year where Eric said, look, like I feel like we lost the Boston series because of me. And some of his teammates will say, no, it was a group effort. But if you look at the individual numbers, that's one where a position where they were lacking. And so what the – the, the coaching staff, one of their goals this season has been, okay, Giannis showed up really ready to play in the playoffs last year, and sort of nobody else did. How can we, over the course of the season, get to the point where once we get to the postseason, everybody is clicking, Giannis has some help, and that's going to be what potentially propels them to a win over the, uh, over, over the Celtics. Um, so that's kind of what they're looking for they're looking for Giannis is going to do his thing Giannis is going to get his 20 25 30 35 maybe even 40 or 41 like he did last night points but where can he get help and that's going to be what would potentially lift them up and over the Sixers and into the Eastern Conference Finals 
Got it. So it's crazy, right? Because I remember that series last year. And in a weird way, the fact that it was the Bucks had to be reminded, right, to, to be brought back to my mind. Because I do remember just being so impressed with Terry Rozier, Jalen Brown, and Jason Tatum right. in the absence of Kyrie and Gordon. So one thing I think we have seen, maybe in sports in general, we look at what Tiger did last weekend, but in this NBA playoffs as they've begun, especially in the first round, Portland kind of in a similar position as the Bucks last year, although they were swept in the beginning. But you've heard a lot from Lillard and CJ about the feeling of last year and then the opportunity that they had this year. So right. you've obviously been there with the Bucks, and you've had an opportunity to look Eric Bledsoe in his eyes, and he obviously has locked up this huge contract with the Bucks. Do you really, like, are, do they buy that, right? Like, we go back to Virginia in terms of redemption stories. Is that going to propel them? Do you, do you think that if you had to call it? I think it's it's absolutely fueling them. The question becomes whether that fuels anxiety or fuels a dominant performance, right? Because it could go either way. Some people are able to channel that. There There is absolutely still emotion there. There's no question whether or not this will be an emotional series, whether or not someone's going to be playing with a chip on their shoulder. It's whether it, it, the question then becomes, does that person, do those people, do those players rise to the occasion because they're feeling that way? Or is it something that they kind of crack under the weight of that? And that's going to be uh, sort of the test that they'll have to uh, endure and pass in order to, to, to beat Boston. Man, I'm I'm not going to lie, Malika. I'm super excited for this it's gonna series. It's going to be good. I think it's going to be like, I'm super excited, not only to see Eric kind of come out of his show, but I'm curious to see what Stevens is going to do defensively against Giannis. Like, I have it in my mind that Aaron Baines is going to be, like, the big bad guy supposedly attempting to bully. I don't know why I just kind of think that will happen, but what do you kind of see? You've seen these teams match up in the regular season um, beyond the gu- the point guard matchup. Any sort of overarching ideas? Yeah, well, I mean, I think probably Brad Stevens would say you can't hope to stop Giannis. You hope to slow him down. And I think that's true to some extent. One way to slow Giannis down isn't actually – it doesn't even have a ton to do with Giannis. It has something to do with shutting down the other four people on the court because the Bucks system right now is, all right, we're going to position four shooters and Giannis so that these four shooters can create – Space for Giannis to do his thing and maneuver in the paint, right? And so if one or two or three or heaven forbid four of those shooters aren't hitting, then it gives the uh, Celtics defense a uh, reasonable out to kind of slack off of some of those shooters a little bit and collapse in the paint and make it make Giannis's job very difficult. So I think that that's kind of something that they're going to be looking at. All right, how can we take away their three-point shot? And then if that's taken away, can we kind of let some of that help defense come in and and, uh, and attack Giannis? Uh, and then the other thing is, you know, Al Horford's had some success uh, defensively for them this season. It'll be uh, kind of interesting to see what, where they go with that in in the playoffs. But that's sort of uh, some of the, the looks that I anticipate seeing. Yeah, I I would agree with you a hundred percent in terms of Al, Al Horford almost being I don't want to I don't I hate to use the word X factor on a starter right like but right. I do think <laughs> yeah. his ability not only to do his part to sort of disrupt and defend Giannis but obviously being an offensive weapon because as dominant as the Bucks has been offensively you still have to play defense so I'm girl I am so excited for this series like I it's can't even tell you like I'm jealous of you. <laughs> I was having a conversation with someone today that was asking, like, what's your gut? Like, what, what's, your, what's your gut feeling on who's coming out of this? And it's, 
I could, you know, I'm, I'm kind of an overly, I, I can be an overly rational person sometimes who like will argue both sides and I'm a pro con list maker. Like I, I'm that person. And it's, I could argue both sides of this case, which makes me think that, you know, I, I think that, you know, Kyrie is just, he is able to hit some really clutch shots down the stretch. I don't think this series will be easily won. I think it'll go to six or seven games. Um, but, you know, as great as, and, and as, you know, as, as sexy as, you know, Kyrie's offensive game is, and, uh, you know, as, uh, awe-inspiring as Giannis is offensively and, uh, you know, how much the, the Bucks offense and, you know, Brook Lopez shooting threes, all of that stuff is talked about. I, I kind of feel like this is a series that potentially could actually be won on the defensive end, especially if the Bucks were to pull this out, because I think that um, taking away those late shots, the shots that the Celtics have more experience in this space. They have more experience under this sort of pressure. And so if the Bucks were able to be successful defensively, especially late in the game, that might be where they're able to kind of pick up some steam and make up some ground for that lack of experience. So it's right. Like, I, girl, I just love this conversation. I love this series. If I had to call it, <laughs> I got to go in seven and I got to go into the Bucks. But for me, I think the absence of Marcus Smart is actually going to be humongous. Yeah. When I think Absolutely. back to last year's series, right, not looking at any stats or anything in front of me, I, I remember Marcus Smart and that whole attitude being part of why Rozier, Brown, and Tatum stood out. There was such an edge and a grit. And not that Kyrie doesn't bring that, right? Like, he's a dog in his own right. But sure. they've had to work through a lot this season, to your point, and as a to your point in the contrast where the Bucks locker room has been relatively steady and without some of that drama. And so I think these things have a funny way of creeping back up in the playoffs. And I also think right. Marcus Smart to me is in the same category as a Patrick Beverly in terms of a guy who could probably legitimately be on the floor a la Kyle Lowry statement and have zero points and still have a real impact. Yeah. And I mean, that's where it comes back to, okay, these X factors, uh, you know, there is, when you get to the playoffs, all these guys are talented. I mean, in the NBA, there's only, you know, 400 some players. And so they all have to, you know, raise, raise to a certain level of talent. And in the playoffs, that pool gets even smaller and so on and so on. But the experience Boston have, that's going to be something that they can use to their advantage, right? The, uh, the Bucks' um, cohesiveness and ability to block out noise, that's something to their advantage. And so these other little things are all of a sudden going to start to – anything that were your skeletons before kind of start to rear their ugly heads again, and you're going to need to lean on, uh, you know, whatever it is that is your core identity, is their core identity to kind of uh, keep them pushing. But it's this series is – I I I do believe, I would not be surprised at all to see the winner of this series be the team that makes it out of the East. Toronto is uh, formidable. Uh, the 76ers have a incredible uh, talent in their starting lineup, especially. Um, that being said it does feel a little bit like the Celtics and the Bucks are really in this rare air. And I wouldn't be shocked at all to see that uh, the team that wins this series be the team that ends up facing presumably the Warriors, you know, maybe the Rockets, the, whoever comes out of the West. Well, girl, I'm rooting for you to get all the way to the finals and all of your glory. <laughs> so let's make it happen, Bucks. Um, I do. I want to point out this, though. Our producer, Bruce Bernstein, who is fantastic, the tangible stat that he pointed out as we were discussing 
the show was rebounding. Um, he said that Milwaukee, or he pointed out that Milwaukee's been number one and Boston has been 21 in the league and rebounding. And the only other playoff team that has rebounded worse than the Celtics is the Rockets. So we'll see if yeah. rebounding plays a factor. But, okay, before we change the conversation to what you're doing, obviously, because I got to give you some love here, let's <laughs> assume Milwaukee gets by Boston. Who would sure. you prefer to see as the next matchup, Raptors or 76ers, and why? Well, the Bucks. Assuming Raptors really... and 76ers win, people, I know, I get it, but I yeah. get it. <laughs> yeah, I guess it has been not quite this the 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 76ers haven't tipped off quite yet um but uh you know the the bucks have to feel pretty good that they have winning records against each of those teams right um they were able to go into toronto and be successful they were able to uh you know be successful against philadelphia uh you know i think that they have they have good answers for both of those teams. I think Siakam has been fantastic for Toronto. I think Kawhi is always going to kind of do his thing. Uh, you know, I think we're still learning a bit about the Sixers, which is why I would lean towards that being something that they would have, uh, the Bucks would maybe have an easier time with. Um, you know, that being said, uh, Brooke Lopez, that would be a, a really big um That'd be a really big series for him if they were to play the 76ers in the Eastern Conference Finals. Um, and they don't have one of the reasons why they brought in Pau Gasol. I mean, a lot of it was just so he could be a experienced voice in the locker room, but also they need some insurance at the five. Uh, they don't really want Giannis to be banging up against Joel Embiid, even though he's an elite defender. It takes a toll on his body to kind of have someone of that size going at him over and over and they're trying to protect him a little bit. So uh, I think that both of those teams, they would have a good chance against, I think just because of the Sixers inconsistency thus far, that doesn't mean that they are not going to kind of turn it around. In fact, it looks like right now, at least they're starting to kind of build momentum. They might have an easier time uh, against Philadelphia. I can see that. I'm not going to lie, though. The idea of Pascal Siakam sort of emerging, shout out to the New Mexico oh, yeah. State Aggies and trying to defend Giannis. <laughs> like, that's something that, like, as a hoop lover, like, you want to see some competition. I'm really curious if that were to happen. I love Toronto. So, like, I – I mean, Philly's great, too, but I – there's something about summertime in Toronto. Like, Ooh. I would I would be, you know, like, I, I, I have nothing I, – I, I would be very much into, you know, taking a, a little – a little trip to the north. Um, so they have such good food up there. Oh my gosh, that's really what we need to do. Is like that's that's what I'm rooting for. Like, what is the best food city? And that's where that's where we need to go. That's where I want to be at. I support it. You are grinding. You deserve to eat well. Buckets, boards, and blocks with me, Monica Magnet, is one of four weekly shows from Pure Hoops Media. I'm here with a new show every Thursday, and I'll introduce you to fresh new voices in the world of hoops and share my opinions on just about everything. My pops will also be here to share his wisdom because I love that guy. That's my man. Each Monday, Mike Wise is here with the Mike Wise Show. His guests are a who's who from the basketball universe, and nobody engages them like Mike. Wednesday, we have Catch and Shoot with Adam Stanko and Noah Kozlov. They combine great knowledge, humor, and some outstanding guests and a show you should absolutely check out. And finally, each Friday, thank God it's Friday, BJ Armstrong and Eric Newman are here with the Pure Hoops Podcast. 
BJ is a Bulls OG and a current player agent who will dazzle you with some of his theories about the game and the business. Please check out all of our shows, download, listen, rate, review, and most of all, enjoy. <laughs> Folks, I am talking with Malika Andrews, who is the Bucks reporter for ESPN. She covers the Midwest, enjoying the incredibly wild ride led by one Giannis Antetokounmpo. Um, so Malika, on that note, I got to know, over your travels this NBA season, give me your top three food destinations. Oh, man. Well, it's like, the thing is, like, it's the big cities. I, I haven't, I don't know uh, enough about, I haven't kind of gotten into the the, the little the little places in some of the, the, the smaller cities, but Atlanta is very good. Uh, New York is very good, but also I love New York so much that I might just have a soft spot for the city as a whole, and I can't, like, I can't just, I can't separate it. Asterisk uh, by New York. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, and, you know, I, I, the, both of the California, the, the Bay Area and Los Angeles have very good food spots. I, I know when I'm going there that I'll be eating well. So uh, I, I have not been short on good food. Oh, but actually, I do have one underrated place. Indiana, they have the, some of their uh, Milk Tooth, best brunch in the NBA. I have actually down. heard of Milk Tooth. Oh, yes. And I, this is not a paid sponsorship. I'm not supposed to be saying, like, that place, if I could eat there all day, every day, like, I, I mean, I, I'd weigh 400 pounds, but I, I would be all, I'd be all for it. All for it. Yep. I was, 100%. I'm, oh, yeah. I was going to ask you for an actual location instead of a city. So you rolled right into that one. Milk Tooth, yeah. folks, next time I'm in Indy, in Indy doing some college stuff with Butler, probably, I will have to make it a point to check that place out. Absolutely. And take photos. It's just, it's important. You can post them. No one will even judge you. It's, it's really, it's, it's that special of a place. Speaking of that, really quickly, you can let the folks know where they can follow you on social and, of course, check out your work. Um, all of my social media handles, so Instagram and Twitter, are at Malika, my first name, M-A-L-I-K-A underscore Andrews. All right, cool. So the X's and O's of the hoops are out of the way. Love that conversation. Obviously rooting for you to go all the way to the championship um, in the <laughs> finals, rather, as they call them in the NBA. But let's talk about you just a little bit. We've known each other through NABJ. You had yes, some man. incredible opportunities. Um, were you New York Times before you got I to was. this role? Uh, yeah, so I was at the Chicago Tribune uh, for a uh, a brief while, and I was at the New York Times before that. So that was my my trajectory to where I currently am. Yes, girl, and I love it. So if you <laughs> had to sort of talk to younger you or the next aspiring Malika, um, I had an opportunity actually a week ago to sit on a panel with my girl Ava Wallace at The Post, who also That's does a bunch great. of different things and is a reporter. But yeah, you know Ava. What kind, How would you encourage future sports writers, future sports journalists, young men, and particularly young women? Like, what would be advice from Malika? Well, I think that, I mean, for, for one, I don't know that I'm in necessarily any position to... Girl, be, stop it! You yes, know, you are! I think that I, I think that, you know, I, when I do talk to, it's so funny to say like young folks, cause I still, I am a young folk. Like I don't, you know, but, but um, I, I think that whether or not you want to go into strictly, I, you know, I came from newspapers and I've now kind of crossed over into the 
digital and television and, you know, all that, the, the kind of mixed media space. I think that regardless of whatever medium you want to um, have your reporting be delivered on, um, on the one hand, you need to be working and developing your skills and your craft, but equally as important is kind of tending to and working on who you know. And so, you know, when I was in college, I spent a lot of time reaching out to like, and I went to school in, in Portland, Oregon, and so it's not, you know, a huge sports journalism uh, hotbed, but it's kind of a small but mighty uh, press corps there. They're really, you know, a lot of really talented people. And I think I got coffee with like almost every single like MBA or MBA adjacent like reporter in Portland while I was there. And then went over to like meet their bosses. And then that kind of, you know, started to build momentum as they would talk to people and people, you know, so I think that you can be the most talented person in the world, but the way that people hire today, it's a lot of know and who knows who and people don't um you know put, place an ad in a newspaper and then mine through thousands and thousands of resumes off the time they ask someone oh do you know someone who would be good for this job and so you need to be putting yourself in a position so that that person whoever they are can say oh yeah like i know this person who has been who would be great for this job and then when they get that opportunity obviously you have to have done the work so that your uh, your your resume and your clips can can speak for themselves, and that you're you're ready for that when that opportunity comes. But you need to be putting yourself in a position because you could be the most talented person in the world, but if no one knows you exist, you might never get off your couch. And I think that that kind of dual uh, working on the work, but also working on building a network of people that will be your advocates is they're they're equally as important. Absolutely. I, I second that advice. I completely agree with you. <laughs> um, now, I know, Malika, we had this conversation a lot. I love where we are in 2019 in terms of this idea of equality and feminism Absolutely. just representing the idea of, of equality for both sexes. And I hear my fair share of horror stories from my female counterpart, counterparts. But I got to be honest, and you tell me if this has been the case for you, I have not encountered that so much with my peers like guys that are coming up who would be in the same five to 10 year age window, as opposed right. to it being something that seems to be under the old guard. I mean, how have you been received? I'm sh the NBA to me is far and away the most diverse press corps of any league. Um, but how has that experience been for you this year? It is. I mean, I, I don't think it's, I, I'm often like, I also am known to like rock, like the future is female and like feminist shirts to shoot around and stuff. And sometimes you honestly like, Oh, like nice shirt. Like what do you, you know, this, that, and the other. So I, I, I proudly uh, wear that label, but, or, and, um, you know, I don't think that the idea of sexism and or, um, you know, eyebrow raising, uh, due to gender in, in, in the lightest way to put it is something that is completely antiquated. I think it's still something that uh, I run into that a lot of folks run into, I think, especially because um, sometimes I think that the, the, uh, while the MBA press corps is incredibly diverse, the amount of women who are um, writers who are print reporters um, who are there day in and day out and are not employed through potentially like a partner to the team, a television station that's a partner to the team, which those jobs are incredibly important. And I really admire and um, 
respect a lot of the women who work in those roles. The the number of women who work at um, local, you know, newspapers or they, that are actually covering the team every day and have to ask the um, tough questions off camera are few and far between. And so I think there is still sometimes a uh, a, a little bit of a head cock when it's a woman who is asking um, some of the uh, tougher questions. Uh, I've never had someone say that they wouldn't answer or something because of um, my gender, but I do think that with the Bucks, you know, we've moved from the space of Oh, okay. Some of the guys are going to be like, oh, like, <laughs> like she's going to go, he's going to go talk to Malika, like a giggly thing of being, uh, you know, oh, the, we notice that she's the the new person and she's a woman and someone's having a one on one with her off into the off in a corner to uh, a place of, oh, that's just Malika. She's not the girl reporter. She's just another reporter that's here. And so, um, I think that that's something that I'm still acutely aware of you know I when I get dressed to go to a game or you know when I think about okay my sourcing and you know uh needing to contact people after hours and how do I make sure I'm approaching this I'm like like uh you know DM I think is a way that um some people communicate nowadays and it's not even like a slide into your DMs type of way you know it's just something that people you know we started talking on DM and then we moved to text messaging and I think it's the same with um, sometimes with, with players. And so like, I'm the person when I am, you know, direct messaging somebody who it could be taken sideways. I'm like, uh, you know, hello, fill in the blank of name. Thank you so much for like going out of my way to like be like overly, you know, making my intentions as, you know, clear as possible. Mm -hmm. So I think there are like little things like that, where I'm reminded of the fact that I need to walk this line that potentially my male counterparts don't have to walk as carefully. Um, that being said, like I, by and large, I feel that I am absolutely welcome. And as long as you're doing good work and working hard, it's, you know, it's a non-issue. I absolutely appreciate that point though, because I think I'm certainly guilty of this. And I don't know if it was something that happened as a kid, literally playing in the neighborhood with the guys. There are things that I've realized, like talking to Ava last week, there are things that for me, I wouldn't say they go over my head, but I'm unfazed by, but just because you're unfazed right. by something doesn't necessarily make it okay. Um, girl, we could do a whole nother podcast. On this <laughs> yeah, Unfortunately, well, it's, it's, <laughs> yeah. uh, you know, perception is important. And that's the thing that I've kind of come to learn is that um, you need to be, not only do you need to be doing the right, you know, doing things the right way, but you need to be perceived as doing things the right way. And so yeah. I take great care to do that. But, you know, I, I'm in this awesome position where my boss is a woman, you know, and I think that is so cool that the uh, editor of uh, ESPN NBA is a woman. Like, I think that is awesome. Um, there are, you know, I, I work with Doris Burke um, on the broadcast side and I work with Ramona Shelburne on the print side or Jackie McMullen. And so there are these, incredibly talented women in positions of power at ESPN. And that's something that I very much value. Um, you know, that being said, I'm the only woman of color that covers the NBA as on the, you know, non, um, 
television specific side for for ESPN. And so I hope to see, you know, more people, more women of color, especially more black women specifically um, occupying those roles in the future, because I, I don't think, you know, oh, well, we have we have a woman. It's like, well, we need women in different shades of experiences. So yeah. um that's oh. definitely something that, yeah. <laughs> Anyways, so, I will be no, quiet now. One, I, I love get off all of that. <laughs> I, no, listen, stay on your soapbox, sis. Let me get you a pair of red bottoms while you stand up there because I love all of it. Um, all I'm going to start side, clapping though, between every syllable. <laughs> I think it's fantastic, though, Malika. And seriously, I was like, okay. And one of the things that I'm hoping to do on this pod is just to put fresh voices out there. We're all sort of up and coming. The the guard is changing a little bit in terms of who you see more consistently. And I clearly girl, have known you since Chicago, since NYT, <laughs> and now look at you killing it. It's so emotional. <laughs> Stop. You're going you're gonna to make me cry. <laughs> oh my God. But no, seriously, keep up the fantastic work. Um, we do have to wrap, but this is the thing that we do on the end of Buckets, Boards, and Blocks with interviews. Also, I want to make sure that I extend an invitation for you to return. Like, if you guys really get to the finals, you got to squeeze in 15 minutes for me so we can Absolutely. revisit. I, um, can com- I, can, I can confirm that now. I can commit to it right this second. Absolutely. Sounds fantastic. All right, so here's the deal. I need a bucket from you. Your bucket would be the thing that has been fantastic or you've enjoyed the most or a funny story that really stood out this year covering the Bucks. The board would be something that is innately not all positive, but there was some silver lining to it. Maybe, I don't know, somebody coming back stronger from injury, whatever. Then your block okay. is going to be the thing that, get out of here, that was trash. So a bucket, board, and a block <laughs> from covering get the bucket. Get out of here, that was trash. Wow, okay. Um, let's see. Um, my bucket, a board, and a block. All right, well, I think that my bucket this season um, – why? So does it have to be something that I'm directly involved with or something I've witnessed? No, girl, share with us. Give us your insight, whatever you want. I don't know why this is like recently on my mind, but um, probably uh, watching Giannis in an all pink, like powder pink sweatsuit tiptoe into the media room and he like, gets on his tiptoes and he kind of like looks at us all mischievous and he goes, and he like runs up to the like the 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 podium like doing the pink panther and then he's like you know i am the pink panther and i was like Giannis, like what are you doing so that is my that like i've watched the like video of it like what it's like it makes me happy um so that's probably my bucket that's hilarious um my board is um I don't know Karis Levert personally very well, um, but I was at the game in Minneapolis where he dislocated his ankle, and I've never been at a game in person where one of those like catastrophic injuries that like you can hear a pin drop, like his ankle was like turned the wrong direction, um, like I. I players were crying like I've never seen that before and so while like the Nets are down um like being there and like watching his teammates like actually like crying afterwards and being um you know really just upset about um 
about the whole thing. Like it made me be like, dang, like this person seems like a really great person. And like, I wouldn't want to see that happen to anybody. And to see, uh, to see him be able to come back and play in the playoffs. Like I'm like, you know, I, I don't really have a, a Brooklyn specific rooting interest, but like, I am like very happy to see him come back because I've never experienced being in the building when that happened. I was like, all right, like, that's cool. Like, I'm very glad to see him within the same season, go from dislocating his ankle to being back on the court. Gosh, something that is trash. Well, there's been a couple of things, but, (laughs) um, oh gosh. Um, all right. I have two trash things. Uh, Well, no, fuck specific. Uh, I walked into the arena. (laughs) I walked into the Pfizer Forum arena and there was a I love coffee like I don't know if you know this about me but like it's like like it's kind of unhealthy like four or five six cups a day like I love coffee and I have I know that the coffee in the family room of the of the Bucks Arena is the best coffee and the coffee in the media room tastes like uh like liquid acid (laughs) and so I usually try to bring my first coffee to the game with me and then if I can like get someone to get me one out of the family room I will um so I like was so excited because I had enough time to go and get my coffee before the game and I was walking in and I wear tennis shoes to the game and I carry my my stems in my hand and I was holding my coffee and the security guard that's at the I wasn't wearing it's my fault I know I wasn't wearing my credential it's in my purse and the security guard who was guarding the entrance to where you, the hallway where you get the press room was new. Usually I know I go out of my way to know the security guards by name and like wave at them. This one was new. And so she made me dig out. It's my own fault. She made me dig out my, my badge. And like, I, as I was digging it out, I squeezed my coffee too hard and it exploded (gasps) everywhere. And I like, had to work so hard not to get mad at her and like I think she like now knows that I think of her as like the woman who like forced me to spill my coffee and like I tried really hard to not betray that like I was like going to go cry but it was that was like a devastating day and I still remember it and I I don't even know if the Bucks like the Bucks might have lost that day and I firmly believe it was because I spilled my coffee like it was horrible so I will be good if that never happened again. <laughs> All right. Get out of here. Spill coffee. That's a big time. <laughs> I can appreciate that. Well, there you go. That's I will. I will. Next time I come on, I'm going to mull this over uh, beforehand. I'm going to bring some fire. All right. I'm looking forward to it. I'm looking forward to your fire buckets, boards, and block selection and having you back on when you guys are in the finals. Malika, best of luck. Enjoy the playoffs and get some rest when this thing is all over. Thank you for having me, Monica. I appreciate you. All right, people, thanks for listening to Buckets, Boards, and Blocks. Thanks from, to Malika for coming on. Some great insight on the Bucks and Giannis. And now, Dad, welcome to your part of the show. <laughs> I hear you. <laughs> good to be here. We're supposed to be like... I'm laughing at that Pink Panther and Giannis. That's good stuff. That Yeah, that is fun. We're supposed to be like Poppy and... What's his face that has the ESPN show? Oh, Dan Levitard. Dan, Dan, Levitard. Dan Levitard. Yeah, yeah. yeah, we're supposed to be like Poppy yeah. and Dan Levitard. Right, right, right. I, you're not doing your part as I'm Poppy. Not, no, no, you're not no, carrying no, your I'm weight. Not, All right, I'm not going to do that. NBA playoffs. <laughs> uh, Giannis, your boy. Lots of good insight from Malika, particularly talking about the culture surrounding the Bucks this year. Mm-hmm. A lot of the credit there obviously goes to Budenholzer, but then when the face of your organization is also the hardest worker, you can't ask for a better combination. Absolutely. 
<laughs> so you saying that to say what? I mean, yeah, that's, I mean, that's, this, that's, this, that's, that's the best scenario you can have. This only adds to yeah. your fandom of Giannis, huh? No, that's my guy. That's my guy. I watched you get 41 last night. Uh, we're taping this pod on Tuesday, folks. Oh, it's fine. Well, whatever night it was. It was, yeah, <laughs> yeah fine. 40. Okay, so give me your prediction Celtics, Bucks. Uh, I had, I had, I had Milwaukee playing Golden State in the finals, so I'm going with that. It's, it's kind of sad that that's they have to meet sooner or later, but that should be the final, um, as opposed to Toronto and, um, Milwaukee. Toronto's 76ers are probably the next right. round. Right. Yeah. On the other, other, other side of the bracket. I think that's that's the final. Um, it's going to be good because you've got the seasoning of the Celtics. Then they've done that. The Bucks just won their first series. So you're going to have to say, okay, what's going to happen? Especially if they get the, if they take a punch in the front and lose the first game. What happens with that? Uh, a, a bigger thing here is Bledsoe. Bledsoe stunk up the joint last Against in the series last year. Yeah, Malika, she talk, that she was really about, cool. Right. Yeah, she talked about right. that how, right. in particular, Bledsoe basically blamed himself for the series. Well, it was, he didn't have to. It was obvious to see because <laughs> <laughs> my man gave him the business. Terry Rozier. Terry Rozier uh, out of Louisville. So now Kyrie's back, and Kyrie's obviously better than Rozier. So if Bledsoe, Bledsoe knows that all eyes are on him and um, he, he's played well, he's had a good year. So it's going it, to, that, that's, that's the key matchup. Giannis will be fine. Uh, they're going to get their threes. Middleton's going to be fine. It's going to be a lot of fun. I am, you know that I'm a college guy, right? I know that you're inside a and guy. out. Mm-hmm. The best event in all sports mm-hmm. is the NCAA tournament. Mm-hmm. But I'm going to check out. <laughs> I'm going to make it a point to make sure I see both series, uh, Golden State and uh, the Rockets, because I, you know, Kevin Durant's my guy, but my other guy. But um, I'm really fearful about the Rockets being able to. Uh, well, scare him. I mean, if Chris Paul stays healthy, they might have got him last year. I'm saying, yeah. right? You yeah. got to go back to last year. Yeah. Okay, you kind of still skipped over my question. You got mm. the Bucks in seven or the Bucks in six? I, I got the Bucks winning. <laughs> That's cheating. So, 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 I mean, six means they're going to win uh, game six in Boston. Win. So yeah. they're not going to not gonna do that. So they'll probably have to come back home and they get in seven. So you mentioned the Rockets Warriors series. You also agreed that the Rockets, or not the Rockets, the Warriors had developed some bad habits. Percentage that the Rockets actually have a chance to get that done. Uh, that the Rockets can win? Yeah. Um, if it, it, you, you killed them. They get killed with ESPN. Um, our, our bracket or whoever they say, <laughs> say says that we can, that they have a 60% chance of winning. I don't understand that. You got a 50% chance of winning. One team got 50, the other team got 50. So. Oh, so you're, is that a bad question? I thought that was a great question. No, no, I mean, it's, it's you know, How it, would you like is, me to phrase just, that so that you'll no, answer no, I'm, it? I'm just, I'm being critical of ESPN saying that their FBI or the crystal ball or whatever they say <laughs> says one team has a 75% chance of winning. No, yeah, answer the question. But, um, Can the Rockets beat the Warriors? Absolutely. That's what I'm saying. As you said, I'm scared. I'm worried. I'm concerned about them being able to do it. So uh, that, they, that they will beat the Warriors. I want the Warriors to win. But um, they're looking good. They're playing real good ball. Um, they lost to the Jazz the other night. But... Uh, that's okay. That was that, that was a uh, go home game, and and they fought like like a veteran, like a professional team should, and got the W. But uh, the Rockets, Rockets are healthy. They're deep. They're hungry, more hungry than the uh, Warriors. Uh, Exhibit A being losing a thirty one point lead to the Clippers, uh, which they've done all through the year. Uh, Giannis and boys went to Milwaukee and beat them. Went went into Golden State and won by twenty five. So did Boston. 
So well, you can say, hey, okay, they're just sleepwalking because they're waiting for the second season. Okay, I have problems with that, especially the, you dropping 25-point uh, games at home. You should never do that as a champion. But mm. anyway. Good point. Um, it was something you mentioned uh, the other day about the um, refereeing in the uh, Clippers series there. Right. So yeah, I was no, no. so so this is a teachable moment with yeah, dad, right? <laughs> I was asked, did Katie and Patrick Beverly deserve to be tossed in game one? I yep. think that was game one. Yep. Yep. I said, yeah. I mean, the refs have to set the tone. They can set a tone for a game, but they can't okay. set a tone for a series. All right. There's two different things there. You can set a tone, you can say, uh um uh okay. All the silly stuff, all the rough stuff. We're gonna give. We're, we're gonna establish that early, you know. Um, and usually, the players force us to establish the game. We we walk in there with a clean mind, you know. Relatively speaking, I mean, we read the papers. We know who's who. Those referees have worked those teams throughout the year. Um, but you walk in saying this is a new day, new game, playoffs, first round. So you let them set it. So they get out there, and you start having uh, issues with. Uh, trash talking and, and uh, off the ball fouls and, and grabbing home. Then you, you know, you set the tone. So, okay. And the rule book says, um, and you tighten that up immediately. But um, where they went chest to chest a few times, it was nothing but harmless, you know, chatter, a technical foul would have been sufficient. I think that might've been a second for Durant, which means he's gone anyway. But uh, I didn't think throwing both out of the game was necessary. And again, what people don't understand, those refs rotate. There, there's uh, what is 16 teams in the playoffs. There was uh, uh, eight, eight series going on. They're moving. They're in Golden State one night. They're in uh, Philadelphia the night next, or uh, uh, OKC and what have you. They, so they move around. So you you can't set a series because you're getting a new set of ref, a new trio of referees is coming through there. Well, that's why this part in the show is called the official review. <laughs> You get to drop some knowledge okay. and you're an official with some review stuff. We're all super excited for Bucks, Celtics. I, I'm with you. Is it because I'm your kid that I think the Bucks are going to win? I, I, we didn't talk about it, so don't. I think the Bucks are going to get through. You're, you're independent thinker, so. That I am. And I still think that Patrick Beverly and KD could have got ejected. It's totally fine by me. No. And, and, and so it's interesting. So then KD had one of the great quotes of quotes. Yeah, there's a couple of there. There's oh, like, this your boy. You love this. Well, no, I mean, well, it's, you know who I am. So that goes down in the annals of great quotes, along with uh, Dennis, Dennis, um, Denny, Denny Green from the, I guess he was in Minnesota at the time. And he was a coach. He was a coach of the uh, Minnesota Vikings. And they played the Bears on a Monday night game. And the Bears came back and won. I, might, I may be wrong on the, I know it was a Monday night game. They came back from like a 20 nothing deficit and won the game. In the locker room, he went off. And it's great theater. Denny Green, if you I don't remember him, he was very vocal, animated coach. So he goes on a rant and says, they are who we thought they were. So I've heard that quote. Okay. And then Bryce Harper had one. Clown question. That's a clown question. This is a basketball podcast. Well, I understand. Give me a basketball example. Well, I just that, no, I'm just saying capsulizing what Durant said the other night to counter all those questions, which which is another thing. It bothers me. They're into his side. I, that bothers me when you've got uh, all these analysts sitting up there taking shots and trying to get into Durant's head. Why is he so happy? Why is he doing this? He's like, those guys are not 
That bothers me. I just don't. Oh my gosh. So we, apparently we you and I need to have a longer session yeah, so we do. can discuss yeah, that. Yeah, that bothers I don't me know. Up. I think there are personal lines that can be crossed, but as an analyst, all, all they have to go off of is whatever Katie is putting out there. So if some of the stuff he's saying seems Why a little so deep? emo, Why because so he makes it deep. Like he's the one that told Rachel Nichols, I thought a championship would bring me happiness and it didn't. Like, how does that not, the well, yeah, next you level gotta, of you, that you got a pro. But that was but what they're saying off the like, well, he he got involved with Beverly, and he turned around, and they got thrown out of the game. What's wrong with Durant? Uh, no, Dad. No. no. Okay, now you're countering the whole way that you wrote. You raised me as an athlete because right. he shouldn't have been bothered by Patrick Beverly to a degree. You just like you can go in the press conference and say, "Y'all know who I am," so you got to play like we know who you are. You let Patrick Beverly get you ejected? Come well, on now. I, I don't think he should have been ejected for one. Well, he shouldn't have been playing the, playing along. He was playing the game. Takes two to tango. Well, he, okay. But he said, I'm KD, and, and you know who I am. And what he, and, and clearly what they did, they made a couple, a couple adjustments. Instead of Durant dribbling outside at 6'9", closer to 7 feet, against a 6'2 guy, you, you, you're in a position that you're, you're in his element. They started posting him up, giving the ball 15 feet, free throw line. Agreed, down. right. What did he do? 20, 20 shots, 37 points, 20, uh, 29 in the first half, buckets. or vice versa. Well, KD, if you ever that, have And that's all that had to be done. All this psychoanalysts, I know. I, I mean, I we got there's a lot of airtime to fill up on TV, Dad. Don't be mad. I, I got you. I got you. Don't but I just didn't like the... For the record, KD, we know who you are. We're from the hometown. If you're ever listening to the pod and want to hop on, come through, my brother. Anyway, Dad, thanks for coming on. Oh, boy. Time with that pod. Time's oh, up. Bye. Time's up. You got to go. Deuces. Bye. <laughs> Hands down, man down. All right, we're wrapping up things here on Buckets, Boards, and Blocks. My bucket, board, and block for this week, the bucket is going to the Bucks. I love the way they took care of business and swept the Pistons. My board is going to Jarrett Dudley. Seems like he's talking a bunch of trash, but if you really listen, he's dropping some basketball gems and absolutely preparing for a career when the ball goes flat. My block is going to have to go to Russ. I get you being a man of man, having a man, grown man beef, but I think you need to give your reporter that you seem to be mad at a chance to cook it up and grill it, not answer questions at the presser. And bro, we all got jobs to do. That's going to do it this week for Buckets, Boards, and Blocks. Shout out to my producer, Bruce Bernstein, our editor, Ben Wolfen, our guest, Malika Andrews, and my dad coming through this week. Make sure you check out our other shows, The Mike Wise Show. He had Amin Alhassan on this week, Catch and Shoot with Noah and Adam, and the Pure Hoops podcast with BJ Armstrong and Eric Newman. Subscribe to them. Listen to them. Enjoy them. Hit us up on social. Engage with us. Uh, That's going to do it this week, guys. Thanks for listening. Enjoy your hoops. Until next time. Buckets, Boards, and Blocks with Monica McNutt has been a presentation of Pure Hoops Media.